listening to Magic from Wherever I'm At with your host, the magician, time traveler, and charmer, D'Artagnan. About a friend of mine. Now, a friend of mine, who shall remain nameless, was a magician who had performed in not the street, but a different venue uh, for a few years. He was a person I'd met in New Orleans. And when he came out to the street, you know, he was doing some of the tricks he already do because he had an extensive knowledge of uh, tricks and like different kinds of tricks and is good at doing the tricks. But he really didn't have any presentations or anything for how to do it, and he certainly didn't have a show. And that was always a part he sort of struggled with, was putting together the actual show. And one of the things I helped him with, or I helped him with a lot of show, because what I did was the way people had helped me when I started was basically all the information and stuff they had given me, I had turned around and given to him. And then I'd added my own experience of using that information, too, to craft my show. And then things I had noticed about doing that, which no one had told me, but I had deciphered myself, and I had additional information, of course, to add to the already extensive information I was given. So one of the things that I really learned, street performing, where you have to be entertaining and people really don't care about magic. And I think this is probably where we should start. See, I think there are magicians out there, and I know because I've talked to them, who think that there is a large, that the large amount of population love magic. And that really isn't the case. Much like everything in the world, you know, there is a group of people that likes magic, just like there's a group of people that likes stamp collecting, just like there's a group of people that's into, you know, automotive, you know, that are gearheads, so to speak. Uh, all different pockets for all different things. There are some things that have some really mass-wide appeal. For the most part, it falls under the same sort of structure of like smaller groups of people who like things. Now, you perform in other venues, you can get misled by people liking you because often they are a captive audience. That is, if you perform in a restaurant, for example, I doubt, I'm sure it's happened, but I doubt very much that anyone will experience the fact that if your magic is so boring and crappy that the people who came there to eat, probably not even knowing there was anything there, or came there in spite of, uh, aren't going to just get up and leave because you're terrible. They're, gonna, they're there to eat, so having you be there or not is immaterial to really why they're there. So the chance of you being so bad that they're going to leave and go eat somewhere else is like very, very slim. As a result, people you may believe are enjoying this, enjoying your performance, may not be the case. <coughs> because they're just not going to leave. They're just not going to get up and leave. And chances are, hopefully you're not, uh, it may just not be, it's more likely it's just not their, it's not their thing. Magic is not what they enjoy. 
so they don't think you're horrible. They just don't care for magic. It's not their passion, and they could take it or leave it kind of thing, and mostly leave it. But when you're on the street, it's much different. Because you're not performing for people who came to see magic. In fact, you're not performing for people who came to see any kind of show at all. You're performing for people who often are going from one place to another, looking for something to do, and they stumble upon you and find out during that moment that you are a magician. And usually, the magic, depending on what you're doing, but the magic is not good at holding people who don't particularly care about magic, which is the majority of the population. And the amount of people that walk by when you're trying to start a street show goes to show you, moreover, you know, that it is a smaller pocket of people who like magic. And I think it's more important to know that people like anything done well. They have more of a tolerance for almost anything, provided it's done really well, than they do for any specific thing like juggling or magic or music or whatever. And so, you know, one of the things that sort of I made the mistake of at the beginning when I was doing private parties and stuff and sort of got away with because these people were magically and people are hiring you were magic fans and so forth was that uh, I was trying to be very magical and more serious and was really kind of, you know, I'm still serious about the art, but I like realized that being non-serious is more important than, and then performing seriously. It's very hard to do magic, claim supernatural powers and perform just regular stuff seriously especially if you don't venture off into the psychic realm where you're putting yourself forward as someone who's communicating with the dead or reading people's fortunes for real and that it's all real i mean that's a whole nother level of serious and one i'm not frankly fond of and but if you're still just doing magic and you're trying to be serious and trying to be ex, you know uber magical Oftentimes, it just comes across as like super boring and it's hard to put over because there is a wall put between you. When you're serious about that, there's a wall put up between you, you and the audience. I hope you've enjoyed this teaser of magic from wherever I'm at. To listen to this entire episode, and the entire series of more than 150 other episodes, go over to magicfromwherever.com forward slash podcast. That's magicfromwherever.com forward slash podcast. Tired of being a trickster, are you not?